Hallelujah. It is well with my soul. Is it with yours? If it's not, it sure can be. Amen. It is well. No matter what, matter of fact, no, whatever's, whatever's going on in your life, it can be well. No matter how bad it looks, it can be well. And if you don't believe me, you can ask Mr. J. King. Amen. Amen. When the doctor tells you you got bone cancer, most of the time you're just like, it's over. You got bone cancer. But then when you go back to the, you, you, you know, you, we, we pray and we, his family believed and prayed and fasted. And the, the, they, uh, they came here to the church on a Tuesday night during worship practice. And the leadership came and we, we prayed and we sung a little bit. We sung a little bit too, too good not to believe. And we prayed and we believed God. And then all of a sudden he went back to the doctor. And the doctor said, you are cancer free. Amen. And he said, and the doctor said, this is, this is more God than it is me. And when a doctor says that, then you know God's up to something. Praise God for his healing miracle. He's still in the miracle working business. He still does miracles. Man. Praise God for that. It's on our Facebook page. Share it and tell everybody about it. And it's on his page. Share it. Tell everybody about it. Because, man, stuff like that happens, man. That's like the third time the doctor told Craig, I'm 85% sure you got cancer. He came. We all prayed together. He went back. The doctor says, I'm 100% sure you don't have cancer. This was about a year ago or less. Yeah. So praise God for that. And then, you know, of course, we know before that, poor Craig, was he had a heart monitor. The doctor said you could drop dead at any heartbeat. We prayed, he took the heart monitor off, took it back, and the doctor said, you're totally free, free from this. I wouldn't even give you a surgery if you asked for it and paid for it in full. So, man, it's just God is in a miracle working business, and he's, he's done it, and thank God he is using us to do that. Praise God. I'm so excited about what God is doing. So I wanna, I'm going to do my very best to, to talk to you today. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Pente means 50, and it's 50 days after the, the resurrection of Jesus. So that's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, Pentecost Sunday. This is when he said, go into the upper room, you know, and tarry, and then and hold, I'll send another comforter. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, right? So today, I'm going to do my very best. I, I, I've been studying this for, for about a month, and I try to preach this about every year, but every time I preach it, I kind of really try to dig a little deeper um, and, and, and try to see what I can find to, to really help help you understand even more so I'm going to do that I'm going to try to talk slow when I get a lot of information like this a lot of last time everybody said I talk fast um so I'm going to try to talk slow but but Haley blessed me this morning with uh, uh two shots of espresso uh cappuccino so I'm not speaking up in I'm not speaking in tongues up here that's that's a cappuccino running through me real fast probably right there right so um but but I want you to know that I'm going to I'm really going to try to do that but but so I'm going to have to take my time, so it's going to be just a few minutes more than normal, but, but I believe this is something that we need to hear, and we need to understand, because people don't understand it, you know, and, and, and it's time that, we, that you, even you, after today, I want you to go home. I want you to, just don't take what I say, I want you to go home, look at scriptures, um, and look them up for yourself, and, and you study. You do it. Just, just don't listen to me. I'm, gonna do, I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying my very best to study. I'm gonna try, I did my very best to try to understand what, 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 what to share with you and how Holy Spirit would have me share with you. But I want you to, to go home and do it yourself. Now, Holy Spirit is mentioned um, 261 times in the New Testament. And it's one of the fastest growing movements in America, in the church. Do you know that in 2013, that's seven eight nine years ago nine years ago there was 160 million spirit-filled catholics you know that's that that's that was 
nine years, eight, eight, nine years ago. So even so, in the last eight, nine years, there's even more than that. That's the, that's the only statistic I could find about that at that point. So, but the thing is, is that that if you're like me when you grew up, when any someone talked about the Holy Ghost, you got scared. <laughs> I did. You know, and then I, I, I really learned about it, and once I learned about it, then I understood it, and then once I understood it, I was able to receive it, and once I received it, I really, it opened up my horizon to things, but I had, and when I was a teenager, I brought a friend of mine, my best friend since, since middle school, age school, um, and he came to church with me, and right behind us sat, sat this little old Pentecostal lady that had a, a beehive up to here, and Holy Spirit moved one service, and she went to speak it in tongues, and he got up, and he never came back, well, at least for a while. So it scared him to death. He went out and said, I, I, I'm not, I don't know what kind of stuff y'all went to, but I'm not into it. You know? Because they don't understand it. People don't understand that's why they're scared of it. That's why they're against it. That's why they don't believe it. Because if you truly understand it, here's what I tell people. I don't know about the Holy Ghost. If that's well, let me ask you this. If you knew, you knew, you knew that 100 million percent that, that Holy Spirit was from God, that would you want it? Yes. Do you want everything that God has for you? Yes. Are you willing to accept everything that God, yes. Well, then all you got to do is say, God, I surrender to your will, whatever you want for me. And if you desired it to give me this gift, I receive it. And then just leave it at that. And then you just go right on with your life. And then you'll, you'll see all of a sudden a hunger for, for that starts to come up into you. And you, you, you will be able to understand more and more about it. And you'll start having a hunger. You'll start to study about it. And you'll have a desire for it. The scripture says, and you'll see in a minute, it says desire spiritual gifts. It tells us to desire spiritual gifts. Holy Spirit is, is known for, for so much. We talked about three weeks ago, I think it was, um, who was Holy Spirit. Go back and watch that if you hadn't watched that. It talks really in detail about who Holy Spirit is, what he does, and how he works as a person. I'm not talking about baptism gift. I'm talking about as a person, okay? But Holy Spirit is referred to many things in the Bible. Did you know all these things that he's referred to? He's referred to as fire, zeal, and refining power, as a dove, comforting and gentle as water life-giving and infinite as wind wind resurrection power and all consecration and anointing power and a seal redemption and keeping power and he's also referred to as earnest which is is uh, redemption i'm sorry ownership and guarantee he's also known as rain life-giving and quickening dew refreshing invigorating a gift, joyful, gracious, and liberating, and a teacher, witness, and, speaker, and, and, and a spirit of life. Holy Spirit is the authority of Scripture. Well, what do you mean about that? Well, we know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, and, and all these people wrote these Bibles. You know, I mean, uh, Moses, they wrote the, the, the Bibles. They wrote these, these, chap, these books in the Bible. But how did they do that? You know, you know who wrote the Bible? You know, in old school, we used to say, holy men of old, right? You know, but we believe that it's inspired, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So where do we get that from? Second Peter 1, 20 and 21. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. 
Okay, so that you, you, know, you know, last week we talked about that um, Holy Spirit, Jesus said, nothing comes, um, he doesn't speak nothing that I don't tell him, so they're all one, it flows from one through the other, you know, the, the, the revelation comes through um, God into Jesus, and from Jesus into the Holy Spirit to us, and it's just like a, a flow there, um, and so it, 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 it says that uh, prophecy right here, when it's talking about, you know, the prophecy comes, it's not talking about foretelling of the future, it's talking about inspired speech by God a lot of times when I'm up here sometimes I'll prophesy to you I'm telling you something inspired by God in that moment that's not in my notes that God didn't say or maybe he inspired me whenever I took my notes but but it's inspired by God it's not about it's not talking about fortune telling or future telling it's talking about prophecy there is talking about the inspired word of God so God spoke to Holy Spirit Holy Spirit told all these people that wrote the Bible how to present what he said it was inspired they got inspired to begin to write you ever started writing something like a poem and you just felt inspired by God and you're writing and you're doing something that's just powerful to you? That's what was happening here. So all these guys just didn't write, well, here's what I think. Here's what I saw. That's how we look at it a lot of times, but it's really not. It's so much deeper than that. Holy Spirit was on every one of these guys um, that were writing, and, and ladies, and Esther and others. He, they, he was on them and helped them write these books in an inspired way. Because if it was just them writing these books, it would not be the greatest seller of all time. Because it would just be somebody's opinion. Here's what I saw. There's a bunch of documentaries. There's a bunch of bibliographies. But see, what's different about this book is the fact that it is, it is certainly um, uh, Holy Spirit inspired. Okay. So John 14, 15 through 18 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. And I said this a couple weeks ago, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus left this earth and says, i got to go away. I'm not going to stay with you. So he went away, and now I'll send the Comforter. So the Comforter is here. Holy Spirit is here, and he's the only one here on earth with us. Okay? God the Father, God the Son, and God are here with us through the Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us and guides us, okay? Um, let's see here. Okay, even the Spirit of truth of whom you, um, the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But he knoweth him, he... Um, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you, and I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. I know I'm going, some of these scriptures are back to back, so if you miss some of these, just let me know. I'll give you the scriptures later, or you can go back on Facebook live for sure um, and look at it, or, or even on YouTube, Kingdom Impact Wilmington, and you can find all these and just stop it, look at it, listen to it, and study it, whatever. So 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Ephesians 5.18, be, be means presently, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, that Holy, the Holy, Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit there mean, is, comes from the Greek word um, paraclete, which means to bring alongside, to be the same as. It's, it's, it's a helper, it's someone to bring, it's a pair, okay? Um, and and then, when it, then if you, if you go talk about where, where the Holy Spirit comes from, Acts 1 and 8, Jesus Christ, he says, Jesus Christ himself, Paul said a lot, a lot of people have said a lot, but Jesus Christ himself says that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. He didn't say there that you shall receive tongues. He said you shall receive power. Okay, that is what it's all about right there is power. Um, that word power is, the Greek word is deutimus, and deutimus is where we get the word dynamite from. So this explosive. Okay, so it's very much powerful, you know, so, and I say that, that you shall receive power, because so many people, especially when I grew up, and I've been in five different churches, and, and, and the emphasis was all on the tongues, 
Okay, tongues is part of it. We'll get to that, okay? But Holy Spirit is not about tongues. It's about power, okay? Life-giving power to help you live every day, to live more powerfully, to, 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 for bo- a bolder witness, to, to, to live and, and, and move and groove in, in the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit and all these things. It's about the power. It's not about the tongues. Tongues are a benefit of Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and 4, it talks about the, the 120 in the upper room. Now, Jesus, I don't, I don't know if it was more than 120 in the upper room. You know, it said there was 3,000, not including men, men women, I mean, including women and children. Okay, so maybe it was 120, not including women and children. Okay, because 120, and then their husbands or, or um, their, their spouses makes it 240, and then if each one of them had two kids, that's 480, that's right at 500, right? Because five, there was 500 people in 1 Corinthians 15 that it said Jesus appeared to everybody at once, 500 people. Now, it says 120 people, but you know what? Those matters don't number. I mean, those, those, matters, those numbers don't matter. It don't matter if there was 5, 10, or 20. It doesn't matter if there was one. The whole point of that whole scripture is about the Holy Spirit came. Okay, so let's not get caught up in numbers of how many was there, why was that many. It's good to, to, to study and look at, but the thing is, is that it's all about Holy Spirit coming. That he was promised and he came. And he came on the 120 that was in that room, or 500, however many was there, he came down with cloven tongues like as fire upon them. So we're going to talk a minute a little bit about who is Holy Spirit, why is it important for me to have him, how can he help me, um, who can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and um, how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. First off, we have to understand that Holy Spirit is not an it. A lot of times we, we, we look at it as an it, as an it or a thing or a ghost. He's not Casper. He don't just float around and he's not, not kooky-dooky. It's not like that. You know, it's not, he's not a thing. He's not a fairy tale. He is a person, a third person of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells, in, dwells in you at salvation. When you get saved, you receive Jesus in your heart. He's part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So whenever you are saved, then you receive that. You're, you know, and, then, and, and then being filled with the Spirit or baptized in the Spirit talks about Him flowing out of you. So you're, when you get saved, he, is, he comes in you. And then when you get baptized or filled with the Spirit, He flows out of you. Okay, does that make sense? Um, what, what, what people don't understand, like I said a while ago, is that they consider it weird. So people don't understand who Holy Spirit is. You know, even if you choose today not to receive a gift ever in your life, I want you to understand this gift for you here and online, those people who are watching. I want you to understand the gift so when it happens, you're not freaked out and think something crazy is happening, that you understand what's happening, why it's happening, who's causing it, and what what is going on in the life of that person. So you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You've got God the Father. He's the Father. He loves us. He created us, and He disciplines us. Then you got God the Son, which is Jesus, and He's like your brother. He takes up for you. You know, He intercedes for you. He, he, um, he's, your, he's your advocate. He's a, your, he's a lawyer taken up for you. And also, He takes a beating or took a beating for you. That's what a brother does, right? And then you got Holy Spirit. He's like mother. Um, he nourishes you. I've said this before. Um, El Shaddai, we, God's name is El Shaddai, which really it also means the many-breasted one, which means He nourishes Okay, so Holy Spirit can comforts you, He convicts you, and He nourishes you. Well, how can you say that it's like a mother? Are you saying that He's a woman? Okay, listen. I am a man. I'm made in God's image, correct? Okay, Whitney is a woman. She is made in God's image, correct? So if we're both made in God's image, then God has to have a feminine side and a, a masculine side. 
Okay, that's what Holy Spirit does. He's more of the mother, the nourisher. Okay, and this has nothing to do with gender and all that kind of stuff. It's just talking about who God is. In other words, he's able to be, to do everything he needs to do. He's got the whole family in one. Okay, as we're supposed to be a family. He is an example, the Trinity is an example of a family. So in John 14, 16, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a person. He says, I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, may abide with you forever. He's going to be with us until we leave this earth. Now, Holy Spirit can be grieved. So many people ask me, why does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Okay, so Scripture says in Ephesians 4, 30, 32, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit the way you live. So how do we grieve the Spirit? It has to do with how we live, how we are living our life. And it brings sorrow to, to God, sadness. It, bring, it grieves Him. It says He has identified you as His own, guaranteed that you will save, um, be saved to the day of redemption. Um, and so he's identified us as his own, so it grieves him because we are his, we're representing him, and by the way we live sometimes, it grieves him. So what, what, what is it? What, what do we do that grieves him? Well, it goes right on, keeps right on going. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That's how you grieve him. Instead, not to grieve him, you be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has given you, has forgiven you. So bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, all kind of evil behavior, not being tenderhearted, not forgiving, all these things um, grieve the Spirit of God, and we don't want to do that. So then other people ask about Holy Spirit and says, well, I've heard that you can quench the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you quench the Spirit? Okay, well, here's how you do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the Spirit. New Living Translation says, I like how New Living Translation says, it says, do not stifle Holy Spirit. Okay, the Greek word means to extinguish, to put out, to hinder. Whenever Holy Spirit's trying to work and you, and you don't allow him to hinder, I mean, you don't allow him to work, you, don't, you try to extinguish him, you try to put it out when Holy Spirit's trying to move and, 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 and we try to stop that work of the Holy Spirit, that's quenching the Spirit, okay? And then other people ask, well, how about blasphemy? I don't want to blast. I'm scared of blaspheme. Okay, well, first off, if you're scared to blaspheme, you never will, okay? Because if you're scared of it, it's something that you do purposely, okay? But the thing is, is it really can't be done anymore. Um, blasphemy is a defiant irreverence or rebellion the Pharisees saw Jesus Christ on earth and with irrefutable proof that, that he um, uh, uh, came with the power of the Holy Spirit did miracles, he was working a miracle irrefutable proof that it was him and then what happened was the Pharisees claimed that Jesus the Lord Jesus um, had, was possessed by a demon and that demons were doing that work See, Jesus was very specific with the Pharisees to tell them how they committed blasphemy. He said that because they were saying, he has an impure spirit. So again, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit cannot be done today because Jesus is not on earth for someone to look at him and say that he has an impure spirit and claim that Jesus is impure through, um, with demons. Okay? But some people try. Jesus Christ is not on earth and he's at the right hand of the Father. So how, what would be the unpardonable sin for us? Well, the unpardonable sin for us is to live in a constant state of unbelief. 
When you are in a constant state, your thought process is unbelief. I don't believe God. I don't receive God. I have rejected God. I have rebelled against God. That is an unpardonable sin, meaning you cannot be forgiven as long as you don't believe. Okay, you hear what I'm saying? As long as you don't believe, you're committing an unpardonable sin that you, you can't get saved long as you don't believe. But once you believe, you can be forgiven because you have a new state of mind. So it's about, all about the state of mind that you're in. Because think about it. You know, so if, if someone that was unlearned sit there and saw um, uh, God allow me to, be a, to, to do a miracle through him, and the miracle performed, and they're like, I don't know, man, that might be a demon. Uh, so, so you're telling me that today they're bound to hell forever because they, they said that? That's, that's just not true because God came, there's grace. God came, and now we live in, 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 in under grace, and Jesus is not here no more. He, he cannot be said that he's impure and he has a demon because it's, he's not here. It's us, and now we live in an un, um, uh, unbelief state, a state of mind saying, I don't believe God, and as long as you say you don't believe God, then you, you are never going to be saved until you change your mindset. So... So to resist, to, um, resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit and remain unrepentant is to blaspheme the Spirit. Okay, now 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. I'm going to talk to you about spiritual gifts for a moment. And then we'll put it all together. So to one person, a spirit gives the ability for wise, to give wise advice. Okay, that's the, that's the gift of wisdom. Okay. Um, to another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. That's a gift of knowledge. To the, the same Spirit gives another great faith to another. So that is a, the, the gift of faith. And to someone else, that the Spirit gives the gift of healing. So that's the gift of healing. He gives one person the, the power to perform miracles. That's a gift. Miracles. Okay. Um, and to another, he gives the ability to prophesy. The gift of prophecy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God or from another spirit. That's the gift of discernment. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, diverse kinds of tongues, unknown languages. And while another is given the ability to, um, uh, to interpret what is being said. Interpretation. See, you see, interpretation is not about the baptism. It's about the gift of um, interpretation. So just because you're baptized in the Holy Spirit does not mean you have the gift of interpretation. So it is one, uh, it is the one and only Spirit who dis, 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 distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So the Holy Spirit gives gifts. And when he gives you a gift, it is not like that you have a gift and then you, are, uh, uh, you have that gift and you own that gift. That happens sometimes, but not very often. A lot of times what happens is that, that, that someone, God will give you a gift for a specific situation, you know, and, 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 and he gives them to, to, I think King James says he gives them to, he so, so everly will. And so what it means is that he'll give you a gift, give you a gift, give you a gift as you need it. It's not like you own this gift and you have it. They're his gifts. He loans them to us and gives them to us as we need them. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God to believers. Ele um, Luke 11, 11 through 13. Which of you fathers, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if you want the gift of the Spirit, you can ask for it. 
And he says, desire them. It says, hey, God, I desire wisdom. I desire discernment. I desire the gift of healing. You, you can ask God for these gifts. It's a very important. You can ask him for you. You can desire them. And then God gives, to, gives them to you as he feels that you need them at certain times. It, it's a gift. And James 1 and 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. So God's gift to sinners is salvation. But God's gift to believers is Holy Spirit. So we have to see Holy Spirit as, a, uh, um, as the third person of the Trinity to really be able to, to experience Him in His wholeness. He is a voice of God ready to speak and tell us in our life. He, Holy Spirit is a person that God the Father and Jesus speaks through to us, and He brings stuff to us, and He teaches us, and He helps us, but we have to invite Him. We have to pray to Him. We have to invite Holy Spirit. He will not force Himself on you. So many people are scared of baptism that God's going to force Himself on them. He is a gentleman. He will never, never do nothing like that. He will never force himself on you. He will never cause you to do anything um, that, that, that you don't want to do. People think, well, if I, if I get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then what's going to happen is, is, you know, I don't want to shout like that. I don't want to run or whatever. You see people maybe run. God, God is not ever going to make you act outside of your character. If you're a quiet person, all of a sudden you ain't going to just start running around or, or shouting or fall out or whatever it means, whatever, whatever you've seen done. You know, he gives us a free will. And the Spirit says the, the Spirit is subject to the prophet. And if your character is mild, you, you'll probably have more of a mild thing. Now, the Holy Spirit does give you boldness. So even though you're mild, he will give you the ability to be more bold in your faith and your walk with God. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be bold and you're going to do something crazy that you don't want to do. So many people did not ever want to receive the baptism, especially my, my friends at church when I was growing up. They didn't want to receive the baptism because they, they didn't want to act like Ms. Jones or, or, or Mr. Smith. I don't want to do like he did, you know. But see, the thing is, we're very quick to judge somebody else's shout. We're very quick to judge somebody else's worship whenever we, whenever we don't know what they went through to act the way they do. You see... My, my brother-in-law has a church up there in, in Fayetteville, and, and for a long time his, his dad did a lot of outreaches. He, he had a whole lot of, of, of ex-drug addicts and a, a lot of alcoholics and all this kind of stuff like that. So when he stood up there, these people were on the streets about to die. And so when he got up there, and it would say, how many people here today are just happy to be alive? Man, they would tear that place down. They would, hallelujah, amen, they would just, because, they, because what they had been through, they were at the brink of death, and God brought them back from the brink of death. And so they had a lot to be excited for. They had a lot to shout about. And, you know, we may look at them, who is that? Why, look at how he's acting. Look what he's doing. Look how he's up there twirling around. You see me up here jumping like I do sometimes. You know, I'm up here, I'm, I'm excited. And the thing is, is that, that, that the way I'm acting is my reaction to Holy Spirit touching me. That's my reaction. That's not Holy Spirit. You can stick your finger in a socket. Somebody might just fall down. Somebody might do that. <laughs> we can probably take that part off the video. But... But, you know, but somebody might, somebody might go, ow! Somebody might, be, somebody might go, oh, that hurt real bad. Okay? It's their reaction. I can tell y'all a joke. Some of y'all be like, Phew. Some of y'all might go, <laughs> a little chuckle. Some might belly laugh. And some might, R-O-F-L, roll, rolling on the floor laughing. Okay? So what it is, was it me that made you do that? No. Was it the joke that made you do that? No. It was your response to the joke. 
Okay, does that make sense? So people think that when Holy Spirit, Spirit gets on you, you're going to freak out and go crazy and jerk and shake and roll. Yes, it's your response to that. Okay, so we got to understand that, that, that it's our response to that, and, 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 and things are not crazy as you think they are. Some people respond differently. And, you know, I just, love, I just love to jump because I just, I, I'm just so thankful for God and what God has done in me. But, but people tend to judge that. You know, but hey, Pastor, how about that wildfire? How about people that are, not, that are not even in the spirit at all? They're in the flesh, and you can know it. Listen, I will handle that. If that happens, I will call them out. Or I'll, I'll, if, if it's disruptive to the whole service, or I will have a meeting with them sometime that week in my office to say, hey, we've got to be careful about this. Okay? God will give me discernment as a pastor. You don't need to be worried about them. You need to be focused on, if you're focused on God, you're not worried about somebody else doing something. Right? But that's a problem. We worry about everybody else's business and instead of our own. You know, and so the thing is, it'll be wildfire. But some people just get so excited. They just, they just get so excited. And, and we, they just, some people just need training. Some people don't need to be called out. Some people just need to be trained on how to handle that, what to do, and what it is. And so don't worry about it. But, but the thing is, is that, that, that most people, most of the time, that happens. I would rather have a little bit of wildfire that I have to correct than have a bunch of wet wood. You know what I'm saying? Come on. It's okay to have, you know, we, we, we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll talk to them. We'll help them understand what it is, help them understand how to deal with it. You know, some people just don't know, and they get excited, you know, and they, th and they think it is, and so they're, they're doing something, but anyway. But he won't make, also, Holy Spirit will, make you, will not make you stop sinning. The choice is yours. You have the Holy Spirit, but you have to choose to stop sinning. John 16, 12 through 15. There is so much more I want to tell you, he said, but you can't bear it right now. So Jesus said, there's a lot of stuff that I just can't tell you. You're going to have to wait the Holy Spirit comes, and he'll bring the truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. You want to know the truth? When you're reading the Bible, why do you need Holy Spirit? Because when you're reading the Bible, Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. Okay? So you're not dependent on your own wits, your own wisdom. You're dependent upon God. God, give me wisdom. I prayed that all week, the last several weeks. I've been praying. I prayed this morning. God, anything that I'm saying out of my flesh, shut me down. God, anything that is not of you, stop me. God, I do not want to grieve quench or blaspheme you i do not want to to, to to cause people to run astray i'm in charge of my flock god and i don't want to say anything that will mislead them to what not is not true holy spirit i need you today to lead me into truth so i can so i can lead them into truth now when it comes to the baptism of the spirit there's three baptisms did you know that there's baptism into salvation uh it's first corinthians 12 13 for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink of one spirit. That's salvation. We're all bad. That's a baptism of salvation. You're baptized in salvation. Then you have baptism of water. That is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then you got the baptism of... Um, of Holy Spirit, the, 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 Holy, the um, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's Acts 1 and 5. For John truly baptized with water, okay, referring to water baptism, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, so when you get baptized in the Spirit, what is it for? What, okay, I'm baptized, I get baptism. What, what does it do? What is it for? How, how do I use it? Okay, number, number one, it gives you a private prayer language. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 2 and 3, and read it in the message. It says, if you praise him in a private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. 
For you are sharing intimacies between you and the Father and Him. But when you proclaim His truth in everyday speech, you're letting others in on the truth so they can grow and be strong and experience His presence with you. So it's a private prayer language. It's a prayer between you and God. It's not for you to walk around out, out and out on the street, on, you know, just, blah, 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 just speaking wherever you're going. They're like, what is that? It's that you've got to speak in English there so people can understand what you're talking about. But it's a private prayer language that you pray to the Father, and, it, and it's just your, your own personal prayer language. Number two, the Holy Spirit helps you with interceding, intercession. Romans 8 and 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So we're weak, right? For, for example, we, we do not know how to pray, what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Okay, so what that is, is like, um, there's been many times that, that I have been grieving for something. Um, maybe I, I'm really heavy for my, when I was a youth pastor, really heavy for my youth group. I felt really heavy for my church. I felt really heavy for a person or a teenager or an adult or a family member. And there's been times in my life that Holy Spirit would come on me. I wouldn't speak in tongues, okay? But what would happen was, I, in right here in my gut, I would feel this, 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 uh, and, and, and I couldn't speak English. All I could do was be like, uh, uh, and it was just like a groan. It was just a groan, and that is Holy Spirit interceding um, on your behalf for somebody else or a group of people, okay? And so it's just like a, uh, it's just, it's just a groaning. There's nothing weird about it. It's just, oh, you speak in tongues, you speak in English, you, you speak in groanings, right? And so that intercession is groanings that cannot be expressed. It, it hurt. You ever hurt so bad, let's take, let's take the spirit out of it. Have you ever hurt so bad in your own life with, with pain that you couldn't do nothing but groan? You know, ah, like that's a groan, right? If you, if you smack, smack your fingers, you either cuss or groan, right? Okay, so you don't cuss, cuss or you groan. But that's what happened. Just like, ah, it, was, it hurt so bad you couldn't even have to form words. Okay? So if that's not weird to you, then why is it weird for the Holy Spirit to help you groan to intercede? Okay? Then the third thing, building up the spirit man. 1 Corinthians 14 and 4. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So it's talking about, you know, whenever you speak in tongues, you're building yourself up. You're building your spirit man up. You know, but it says but when you're speaking in English, you're building up the whole church. Okay, so me up, me up here, when I'm up here speaking and prophesying to you through the word, I'm building you all up. You're all being built up right now. But when I'm up here right before service and the Holy Spirit's moving on me, and I'm up here knowing that, like, I've got to come up here and preach a big heavy word that's on me, and I'm on that front row, and the Holy Spirit is praying for me, through me a whole lot up here on the front row a lot of times. And if you're up here near me, you may even hear it, because I try not to speak real, you know, like, ah, real loud. But, but the thing is, is that Holy Spirit is building me up. Sometimes, you know, that's why up here in the pulpit, not a whole lot of times you're going to hear me speak in tongues when I'm preaching to you. If you do, it's I'm overwhelmed by the Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit, and I may, may cover my ear up, something like that, because I know you don't want to say what I'm saying, because there's no interpretation. It's just Holy Spirit building me up or confirming something in me, okay? And so, so I'm not going to stand up here and do that a whole lot because of the fact that it's not. Now, when we're down here praying in the altar, you probably will, because sometimes I'm interceding for that person, or Holy Spirit is maybe building me up to pray for that person. Okay, I feel him in his house. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But okay, also Jude 1 and 20 says, But you, beloved, um, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. You know, another scripture says always pray in the Spirit. Talking about, you know, whenever you're, you're in that Spirit, pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. That, that's a prayer language, right? Now, the fourth thing is, 
is that a lot of people put in this, this category is tongues interpretation. Okay. But when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, tongues interpretation is not part of that. Tongues interpretation is a gift. You have tongues, and then you can have the gift of tongues interpretation. But being baptized in the Holy Spirit does not automatically mean that you, because so many people are like, I don't want to speak out loud in the church, and I don't want God to tell me what they said. That's not, that's not how it works. Tongues interpretation is a gift. You heard me read a while ago, all the gifts of the Spirit. Tongues interpretation was one of the gifts. So just because you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have your own private prayer language, does not mean that you're going to go speak in tongues real loud in a church and say something. 1 Corinthians um, 14 tells you all about this. Okay? Um, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, about Holy Spirit, and it talks about, about God and, 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 and Holy Spirit and this kind of stuff. And then 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love, and then 1 Corinthians 14 talks about Holy Spirit again in the gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 says, I wish you all could speak in tongues. This is Paul talking. I wish you all could speak in tongues. But even more, I wish you all could prophesy through inspired, the inspired word of God. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. Unless someone interprets what you are saying so the whole church can be strengthened. Again, uh, growing up, I thought if you didn't, if the tongues was it. If you didn't have tongues, you were going to hell. You know? So, but, but, so it says that I'd rather you prophesy. This is Paul speaking. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret so, um, for what has been said. For I pray in tongues. My, if, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I'm saying. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. So Paul says, man, I, man, I speak in tongues a lot. But in a church meeting, he said, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others understand than 10,000 words in an unknown language. No more than two or three should speak in tongues in time. They must speak one at a time. Okay, why? Well, because God is not going to interrupt himself. He's not going to, if God's speaking over here, God's not going to speak over there too and speak in here. God's not going to speak, speak, speak all at the same time because he's not the author of confusion. So only one at a time. So if there is tongues interpretation, it can be tongues interpreted and then tongues interpreted, tongues interpreted. Okay, only three, it says three times. That's the rule that they, it, it has there. Um, in course, so that means later on in the service it can happen three times, but all at one time it can't happen no more than, than three, supposedly. You know, um, and I've been in services, uh, camp meetings, where like 10 people speaking at the same time. And it's like 25 interpretations. I'm like, oh my God, this is so unbiblical. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just like, wait. But then, one, then I was at one camp meeting where the, the, the speaker stopped and said, hey, sir, stop. There's already been, there's already been three speak in tongues interpretations. Script, and he wrote, referred to the scripture. And so it's, I, I asked you, I ask you to, 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 hold, to stop, to hold off. And I was like, okay, I hear you. Quote that scripture. But it says, if no one is present to interpret, they must be silent in the church meet, a meeting and speak in tongues privately. So if they speak in tongues and nobody, nobody interprets and you don't have the interpretation, then it's saying, just, just be quiet. Okay, because what happens a lot of times is people get zealous. You feel the Holy Spirit and, it is, and it's like dynamite and it explodes in you. And then somebody might feel that and be like, real loud, right? And then when that happens, everybody else stops and like, Okay, Holy Spirit speak, and it wasn't Holy Spirit. It was them in their zealousness getting excited, and they sp just speak it too loud, right? Spirit, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 32 says, And the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophet. So you have a choice to 
to scream it or to talk quietly or whatever. And you got to know that you, is, this, is this tongues interpretation? Is this a gift or is this just me? So if it's just you, then you may sit there and just kind of speak a little kind of quietly right there in, in, your, in your prayer language where you're at during the altar call, during, during service, during worship, whatever. You know, you don't have to stop and interrupt everybody. That's why it's saying if you interrupt everybody and there's no interpretation, then that wasn't the Holy Ghost. Or, some, or somebody quenched the Spirit and they had the uh, interpretation and they didn't get it. Okay? And we can do that. So, what is the purpose? You know, he's our comfort. I got, scripture, I got scripture references, John 14, 16. He teaches, John 14, 26. He helps and guides, John 14, uh, 16, 13. He convicts and intercedes, Romans 8, 26. And Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. Holy Spirit brings wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going, a lot, don't worry, I've added another thousand scriptures this week that John didn't get. So, a lot of them are up here. I don't know which ones he has and which ones he don't. Um, but Holy Spirit will help you. When you get baptized, He will help you with boldness, with, with temptation. You'll, you'll be able to overcome temptation better, with worrying, with loneliness, with fear, with direction, with decisions, with prayer, um, with your prayer life, with knowing God, with protection, with, with um, praise and worship, with your enemies, with relationships, with schoolwork, with your emotions, with your mouth, um, with God's will for your life, everything. It's like you got a Honda. Can you get to the store with a Honda? Yes. Can you get to heaven just being saved? Yes. Do you have to have Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No. But if you have a Honda, would you rather have a Honda or a Mustang? A Honda will get you there, but a Mustang will give you more power and you'll look better. Okay? Okay? So Holy Spirit's not going to make you look better, but, but it'll maybe put a, a, glow, a better glow on you, right? But, you know, it's just more power. It's more authority. And so you don't have to have it. But why, if it's from God, why wouldn't you want it? So if you're not sure it's from God, just say, God, I want everything you have. I don't understand that. I, Pastor talked about it a whole day long. And I've watched it three times, and I don't understand it. But if it's from you, I want it. I, I, had, I had a teenager uh, 15 years ago that I said that exact same thing to. She was terrified of it. Terrified. And, 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 I, and I had her pray that prayer, and we were in worship one night out of town at a youth conference, and all of a sudden during worship, she was worshiping God. It was a most intimate time. There was people just laid on the floor in her face just worshiping, crying, and people just worshiping. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of service, she just, blah, 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 just started speaking in tongues because she wasn't thinking about it, but she desired it if it was from God, and God showed her this is from me. So do you, do you have, to go to, have it, to go to heaven? No. Okay. Your life will never be the same. Um, and you will, op you, will, you will operate differently in your life. Acts 1 and 8. But you shall receive power, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. So what are quick, um, four lies that, that are talked about the Holy Spirit. Some people say the Holy Spirit and tongues have passed away. But Joel 2, 28 says, In my last days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. See? Um, and, then, and then if you read... Um, this next scripture, it says, love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose of God, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and superseded by truth. Um, for knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching, is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. But when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, becoming antiquated, void, and superseded. 
Okay, so that's not saying that there's, there's going to come a day where, where tongues, is, uh, that's going to go away before Christ comes back. What that's saying is that whenever God comes back, to takes, takes, Jesus comes back and takes us to heaven, when we get to heaven, we don't need prophecy. We don't need tongues interpretation. We don't need knowledge. We don't know wisdom. We will be in the know about everything. There won't be a question. Because what, what does it say? It says all these things will pass away. But, but when the complete comes, the complete is Jesus. When Jesus comes and takes us away, all this stuff will be vanquished. We won't, there will be no need for it because we will know it all. The second lie is tongues are of the devil. It's real easy to overcome that one. God is not going to, if you're asking God for something, he's not going to give you something that's evil. Okay? Um, the Holy Spirit is not for today, people say. And, but, the, but Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. I believe. You believe. So that means it's for today, right? That they shall cast out demons and they shall speak with new tongues. Um, number four. Um, do um, people think that if, you if nobody speaks in tongues, the Holy Spirit's not here? Someone told me that a couple years ago, and they said, man, I, we, the Holy Spirit was really in the service. I was like, well, why do you say that? Well, I heard somebody speak in tongues. And I was like, well, is that how you know that he was there? I said, because last week, this is a couple years ago, two people got saved. And Scripture says, no man cometh unto the Father unless the Spirit draw them. So the Spirit has to draw them. So nobody spoke in tongues last week, but someone spoke in tongues this week, but nobody got saved. So therefore... Holy Spirit, you know, nobody has to speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit is always here. He's with us. He lives with us. He says, I'm going to go away, and he'll be with you forever. So he's with us. So just because you don't hear someone speak in tongues, that has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit being here or not. John, 30, uh, John 7 and 38. He who believes in me, as Scripture says, from his inmost being shall flow rivers of living water. So you get saved, Holy Spirit comes in. You get baptized, Holy Spirit flows out like rivers of living water constantly. John 7, 38, he who believes in me, I'm just sorry, I just read that. Um, there is a word that's associated with, with Holy Spirit a lot of times that I kind of disagree with. Um, it says that we, we often talk about um, tongues as the evidence of Holy Spirit. I like to say tongues is a benefit of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there's three times that Scripture says that, that, that people um, got baptized and spoke in tongues. And one of those times, it says the Holy Spirit came while someone was reading, reading, they were reading the Word, and they got baptized and spoke in tongues. But five times, it says that they were full of the Spirit, but no tongues were mentioned. Okay? Here's an example. Acts 4.31. And when, and when they prayed, the place where they assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke, with the, they spoke the word of God with boldness. No tongues. They just spoke with boldness. Boldness. Jesus said you'll have, you'll have power, boldness, right? So, now, is it, the only, is it evidence? It is an evidence. Is it the only evidence? No. Do I think that if you get baptized, you will at least eventually speak in that tongue? Yes, I do. But I believe that whenever you get baptized, sometimes you, you, he comes in. But, you know, I, I used to remember when I was younger, people would say, you know, he's on the outside, just let him in. I'm like, that don't make no sense. He's the Holy Spirit. My flesh ain't keeping him out. I'm sitting here praying, Holy Spirit, come in. It, that, that, it just don't make sense. I think we, 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 we've listened to what people said and, and, and you know, people and, and, and what doctrine said. And rather than looking at it for ourselves, what, is, what does it say, God? This says that they got filled and they didn't speak in tongues. So sometimes it happens that way. It is a benefit. What are other benefits? Obviously, power to witness. 
love. For, you know, like I said, you know, you got Holy Spirit in, in chapter 12, Holy Spirit in chapter 14, and chapter 13 is all about love. And he says, you can have all these gifts and, and tongues and speaking in tongues, interpretation, all this stuff. But if you don't have love, you have nothing. And then also, it will help you display greater the fruits of the Spirit. And also, you have access to the gifts of the Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have access to tongues, interpretation, healing, um, knowledge, wisdom, more wisdom, more power, and all that. If you come on up. So what, what, are, what are the benefits of a spirit-filled life? You have access to God's power and attention without the devil's interference. When you're speaking in tongues, nobody knows what it is. Holy Spirit, when you're praying in your private prayer language, Holy Spirit's praying a prayer to the Father that you don't know about. Sometimes you get to a place where you just don't know how to pray. And if you'll just surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit and let Him pray for you, through you, to God the Father, it's a perfect prayer to the Father. And the Father knows perfectly exactly what you need. It will bring you to a deeper presence of God you become a channel for the gifts of the spirit and you will have greater respect for spiritual things because the spirit will will enlighten you to greater things and you'll become God's agent for this generation not trying to lighten the, the mood necessarily but 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 I, I saw something that really made a lot of sense because people think you know, that when you get baptized it's all about just tongues and shouting I saw this, this TikTok video, and it said, Holy Ghost is not just for you, to make you shout, dance, and speak in tongues. It also makes you shut up, watch your mouth, apologize, and examine yourself. Amen. And I was like, that is perfect. I know it's a TikTok, but it's perfect. Holy Spirit, he helps you with your control, your temper, control your, your, your temptations, control who you are. It helps you want to forgive. All these things. I was like, that is just so true. I loved it. So how... Do you receive the Holy Spirit? That's my last thing. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You've got to be saved. And you've got to be sanctified. You don't, you, that's why you hear people stand up in church, I just want to thank God that I'm saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. Okay, because you don't get saved and full of the Holy Ghost. Because sanctification is being set apart from, set away from sin, making a conscious willing decision that I'm not going to be trapped by the sin and all this kind of stuff anymore. So say sanctified, feel the Holy Ghost. Then you just ask for the gift. God, I want the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that's of you, I want it. Or I know it's of you and I want it. And then you start begin to pray and praise God. And you begin to, the best way that I can ever explain it, that I used to explain it to teenagers was that you praise God until you're not thinking about it no more. It's coming from your heart. You're not, you're not thinking the words I'm about to say. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I thank you. You're just praying out of your spirit to God. All the love that you have for him. God, I just worship you. God, you're magnificent. You're not even thinking about the next word. You're beginning to just pray out of your spirit. And then when you're praying out of your spirit, the spirit has control. Okay? And then you believe by faith that you're going to receive it. And then you speak out in faith. And you begin to speak. You, Holy Spirit, you're not going to sit there and say, Blah, 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 blah. Okay, it's not just going to bust out of you. It's not like a, a fire hose back here. You have to give it a voice. You have to be speaking words. And then Holy Spirit in your mind will let you know what words that he wants you to say. And, and all of a sudden you'll feel it just roll out just like that. I'm not, I'm not going to teach you. It's not a course. Well, I can't teach you how to speak in tongues. It's something the Holy Spirit does. He teaches you. You know, and then you grow in your prayer language. That's why Spirit talks about stammering tongues. 
Sometimes people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they'll just be. You ever seen somebody just quiver? Quiver like that? That's, a, that's the Holy Spirit. Stammering tongues. And then just like you learned to do English at the beginning, ah, wah wah. You're trying to say water. Baba, my bottle. Okay? You got better. Well, as you yield to the Spirit, your, 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 your prayer language gets better. Okay? You, and it's not that he's not better. No, his prayer language is perfect. But us receiving and speaking it is imperfect. And so we have to allow him to flow. And the more we allow him to flow, and the more we yield to him, all of a sudden the more perfect that becomes. So I hope I hadn't confused you more than helped you. If I have, you're welcome to come sit down with me, talk with me. I encourage you to, 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 to go to the Word and look for those scriptures yourself. Go back online and look at it and look at them scriptures, pull them up. And you may disagree with something I said, and that's okay. We don't got to agree about everything. To the best of my ability and my knowledge, this is what I'm trying to learn and trying to teach you. But I want you to desire that. I want you to desire Holy Spirit. I want you to say, I want more of you, God. Whatever that is, I want more of it. And how many people know that when Holy Spirit comes down in a service and He settles down with that, then you, the, the service just all of a sudden just changes. Things just begin to happen. You know, and I love it. I love when Holy Spirit, whenever I'm down there praying and worshiping, the Holy Spirit starts praying through me. I was like, uh-oh, what's about to be on? You got something going on, God, don't you? Because I'm just yielded to Him. And when I'm down here praying and just worshiping and stuff, Holy Spirit begins to speak through me. I'm like, okay. God, you're building me up for something. Something's about to happen. And I want you to know that God can do you. I don't want you to be scared of it. When you hear somebody nearby speaking in tongues, you know, in a private prayer language, I don't want you to freak out. I want you to understand, oh, man, God's blessing them. That's Holy Spirit blessing them. Lord, bless me like that. Even better, don't even know that they're doing it. You're so focused on God, you can't think nothing about but just Him. And you're just praying, God, just bless me. And allow that to happen. So would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? If you were baptized in the Holy Spirit and you would say, Pastor Doug, I just want prayer right now that God would just, you know, really show himself even more in my life through, through, through the Holy Spirit, that, that in my prayer life I would be able to pray more often in the Spirit, that when I'm praying at home and even at church that the Holy Spirit would really pray through me, you know, and, and that I want more of Holy Spirit in my life. And I, I have Holy Spirit, and I just want a deeper relationship with Him. Anybody all want to raise your hand? I know I got my hand up. I want a deeper relationship with Him. Amen. Amen. Is anybody here today would say, I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus Christ. I think I know everybody here, but I want to make sure. Anybody don't know Jesus but wants to receive um, um, salvation at all? Okay. So look, here, look at me. So now I want to ask. Is there anybody here at all that would like to say, you know what, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Amen. If you're online, we're going to cut off, cut off line now, but it's for your privacy. But, but, you know, if you're online, I want you, you to pray. You can come to the church. I'll pray with you. Text me. Let me know. I'll get with you, and we'll pray that you have you. But you don't need me. You can pray right where you're at, and the Holy Spirit can endue you with power from above right now in your room. It does not have to be in this room. But God bless you in Jesus' name.